0: We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon, Chris, and Rob.
1: Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast. We are so thankful you all have tuned in to listen to another episode. My name is Brandon, and I'm here with Brother Chris, one of our
0: co-hosts. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, brother Brandon. It's a wonderful thing to be here on this podcast once more. Absolutely
1: good, good, good to hear that. Uh, Rob's not with us tonight. (laughs) Once again, we can't get the three of us together. Uh, Rob had to go see Santa Claus. Um, But hey, I understand that man. He's it just comes around once a year, so you got to make the most of it. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Christmas and Santa. We are going to do a Christmas episode for you listeners out there. Christmas time is almost here, as we are well aware, just in a couple of days, actually. And, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is just because of what Christmas time in America has become, we can kind of easily become the Grinch, you know? It's like, Mm -hmm. wow, man, there's so much stuff to do. And, you know, we look at the materialism of our nation whatnot, but you know, there's a lot of things that might stand in the way of us making the most of this Christmas season, this Advent season. But one thing that helps us to make the most of it in worshiping Christ is to just look at the scripture and look at the Christmas story that's portrayed for us in the word of God, just to encourage our hearts and fill us with wonder and joy. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the Christmas story in Luke. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, and Chris is going to start us off by reading and discussing the first three verses.
0: Yeah, and here's what it says in the first three verses of Luke chapter 2. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town." Boom. Yeah, there's the first three verses. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: So, yeah. what's basically going on here? I mean, this seems kind of dry, doesn't it? You got a decree yeah. that goes out from Caesar, whoever Quirinius is. He gets an honorable mention here. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's all this? What's all this about? What's the meaning of all these details? You think?
0: Well, first off, governments need money especially conquering governments uh they they need to make sure that they're taxing people and they need to make sure that everyone's registered but why is this important in the gospel why is this an important mention why did jesus even come during this time And, and i think this is a very good spot to look at is that this was the opportune time to come into this world during the time of a registration during the time um of, of the census that was happening and you get some key figures in history that are being talked about where we can determine a time and a place of what's going on. And it really gives uh, you know, legitimacy to yeah. the fact that Jesus came into this world and was born into this world, that this isn't just some, fancy made-up story, but these are real people that are being talked about. This is a real event that is being talked about. This was planned out specifically for this time so that Jesus could come into this world, and it's a part of history.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really powerful point. As you noted, It's the Christmas story and Christ coming into the world is not some fable. It's not something that man just made up. It really did happen in history. And mm-hmm. Luke, the great uh, the physician here is recording that as historical fact. Um, right. Now what's interesting that that I see here is Rome is involved in bringing Christ to the prophesied place of his birth, which we'll get into yep. in a moment. And Rome is also involved in bringing about um, redemption in a way or at least God used Rome to, Uh, you know, put Christ on a cross and bring about our salvation. So you kind of have a Mm -hmm. parallel here. Um, God uses Rome to issue this decree. And I mean, Rome was responsible for crafting that torture device, the crucifix. And it's upon Mm -hmm. that cross that our Lord Jesus uh, suffered and died for our sins. So uh, just interesting parallels there. Um, You kind of see that later on the Christmas story as well, where, you know, he's wrapped in swaddling cloths. You know, when he's Mm -hmm. uh, raised, his linens are left behind. Um, There's angels present at his birth. There's angels present at his uh, resurrection, you know. So Mm -hmm. just some neat parallels there. But uh, right, Luke talks about this registration, though, that this registration to pay taxes required everybody to go to their hometown. Now, what was the importance of that? Um, Who, well... Anyway, I'll just ask it like yeah. that. What was the importance of that uh, going yeah. to your hometown in this context? Anyway,
0: yeah. Well, uh, honest, honestly, I mean, uh, when when you're thinking about the lineage and, and the bloodlines of of uh, the people that we're looking at in history here, uh, and that was a big thing through Scripture is the lineage, and yeah, uh, right. That lineage was to lead, as you read through the Bible, to the Messiah. And uh, where was the Messiah supposed to come from? Uh, Well, we see in Scripture as we read about the life of Jesus when they're talking about him being from Nazareth because, you know, they didn't stay in Bethlehem. uh, But they they went back to Nazareth eventually, Mm -hmm. and he grew up in Nazareth. What was one of the things that was argued about? Well, he's from Nazareth. He's not from Bethlehem. Well, he was, and it shows their ignorance at that time of where Jesus was born, where he came from and the lineage that he was uh, being derived from. And so he he goes back to the city of David. And we know that the Messiah is supposed to sit upon the throne of David. Right. And so.
1: Yeah. And we'll get into verses four through five, of course, in a mm -hmm. moment um, where the writer Luke emphasizes this, you know, that hey, mm-hmm. they're in Nazareth right now in this moment when he's right. telling this story. And obviously, Mary, you know, I mean, she's getting close, right? And yeah. the contractions are getting a little more painful and increasing a little bit. And yeah. that would have been a big problem if she'd given birth in Nazareth because, as you mentioned already, the scripture is pretty clear that the Messiah has to be born in Bethlehem. That's Micah 5 mm-hmm. 2. So what's interesting about all this is you just have an ordinary protocol here, an ordinary thing, nothing like glamorous, nothing to really take note of here. This yeah. registration. I mean, this is just an ordinary decree, business as usual. But yeah. the Lord providentially and sovereignly uses this ordinary decree to bring about the fulfillment of his own sovereign decree to bring Jesus to where he was supposed to be born. So that's yeah. that's really neat to me here. Um, yeah.
0: Well, and you think about it too. Not only is it an ordinary decree, but it's not a decree that was considered great. No one wanted to travel back to their hometowns to to be a part of the census just so that they could be taxed more by Rome. And so you you've got something that was being used for the bad, Uh, for Rome that was being Mm -hmm. used for the good of all mankind. And uh, so, so that's, that's another interesting thing to look at there uh, is that even in the mundane and even in the, uh, the things that we don't like that God is working in those times as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And in preaching, you know, this text before, I've always encouraged my congregants that, hey, you know, if you live an ordinary life, <laughs> there's nothing like crazy going on with you. Yeah. If you're just a Monday to Friday person and you're working for the weekend. The good news is God is greatly at work in and around you.
0: Right. Because yeah.
1: he always uses just ordinary, humdrum, mundane mm-hmm. things, people and events for extraordinary purposes. Uh, that's just the doctrine of his providence. He didn't create the world and then, you know, abandon it. You know, he's right. He's actively involved in all of his creation at each moment to accomplish his sovereign right. will. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what we see here. So,
0: yeah. And, and I've seen people too, and, and this is, a, uh, I think, a great point as we're reading through the scripture, talking about God working in the mundane things of life, the ordinary things of life. You know, you'll, you'll hear these great, big testimonies about people who were in poverty and people who suffered abuse and uh, were oppressed and all of that stuff. But I hear more often, like when people hear some of those testimonies, like, man, I guess I'm, you know, kind of, kind of worthless in, in the sense of serving God, because Mm -hmm. I don't have a testimony like that. I've been here. I've, I've kind of gone through life. Yeah, I've had some little dramatic spells and problems, but I haven't really, you know, suffered greatly. I've just kind of gone through life, but I'm following God. So, uh, you know, how can I be a a great servant? But you're, you're exactly correct there that if you're just, you know, going through life and following God, uh, and you're not necessarily in the trenches every day, God is still working greatly in your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to, you know, have dreams and visions and, or be visited by an angel or anything like that. You can just be going about your business and you're part mm-hmm. of God's business. So, yeah. um, I love what John Piper said about this. He preached a sermon on God's providence and there was one quote i never forget. He said, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life and mm-hmm. you may be aware of three of them.
0: Yeah. If and, uh, three, yeah, maybe yeah, three, yeah. you might,
1: yeah. Yeah. you so, might be aware of just a little <laughs> snippet of that, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's powerful. Um, yeah. and you know, in that regard, we may ask the question, well, you know, if God does work through the ordinary things in my life, what, what kind of things is he going to use? Um, mm-hmm. well, I mean, honestly, the right question is what won't he use? Um, yeah. nothing's off the table. I mean, he literally uses everything. Um, he used a, a pit that Joseph was thrown into to mm-hmm. have him discovered by the caravan where he could go to Egypt and be Pharaoh's right-hand man. Yeah.
0: Um, what they meant for evil, God meant for good.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, and he used a basket to save Moses' life so he could be discovered mm-hmm. on, on the river. Um, the fields that Ruth gleaned in, God used that to bring about that relationship between Ruth and Boaz. I mean, there's just such a great historical account in the scripture of ordinary things that we wouldn't think twice about that God used to bring about extraordinary things. And right. We see that chiefly Amen. in the Christmas story where yeah. we have an ordinary decree bring about the fulfillment of God's plan.
0: Right. Yep.
1: So, Well, why don't you take us to the next two verses then as we continue to see the unfolding of God's plan. Let's talk about Joseph and and, uh, Mary a little bit.
0: Well, it says in verse 4 through 5, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child.
1: That's a mouthful right there. One long sentence. And a, again, a lot of historical, geographical stuff emphasized mm-hmm. there, right? You, it yeah. It says Judea, the city of David, Bethlehem, uh, and emphasizing all these things about Joseph. What's, what's the big idea here? Why do you think Joseph is emphasized so much here? Uh, well... I mean, where to start? Mary is the (laughs) mother of (laughs) Christ. And she's only mentioned twice here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that she gave birth and she was with child.
0: And you don't Um, get a whole lot uh, on Joseph except for in the account of uh, the birth of of Jesus. And ultimately, you know, culturally at that time, uh, you know, you were you had a head of household and, and we still kind of follow that even today in, in the United mm. States, we have a head of household. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be the man anymore, but you know, you had, uh, Joseph, the man who was the head of household, his family was to be registered under, under him. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, had it just been Mary at that time and she wasn't betrothed to Joseph, she would have, probably stayed in Nazareth and been under her father's household Mm -hmm. uh, at at that time or, you know, wherever, you know, whoever was the head of household in her family at the time. But uh, so she's traveling with her soon to to be husband and in their culture also to be betrothed, even if you're not married yet uh, to be betrothed, you were already considered.
1: Yeah, to be husband deal. and
0: wife. So she's mm-hmm. she's traveling along with them. But what's interesting is the fact that it does mention that that they are just betrothed, that they haven't really fulfilled the the fullness of the marriage. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And it says they are betrothed, and Mary is with child. Uh, and, yeah, and so like, culturally, <laughs> culturally, this is pretty interesting that. Joseph is still betrothed to her and mm-hmm. traveling with her. And, and that, that's actually something really interesting to look at. And uh, I, I just preached a sermon this past Sunday about, you know, being like Joseph as we look in Matthew, as Matthew writes about uh, Joseph being visited by the angels and mm-hmm. he was already, when he found out she was pregnant, he was already thinking about putting her away quietly so that way she wouldn't, you know, face greater judgment. And
1: yeah, Because
0: right. the laws right then at that time uh, were that if a woman committed adultery, which she would have been considered committing adultery if she had broken her, you know, uh, you know, arrangement with joseph and mm-hmm. gone and and uh, had relations with another man she could have been killed but yeah, he didn't want right. he was like in a time where the masses would have preferred to kill her he wanted to deal with it privately so that she could continue on and what a nice guy Right. Yeah. And so he was, he was being really merciful in that time, yeah, not right. knowing the full situation, but then he knows the full situation as the angel uh, comes to him and, and explains mm-hmm. to him, Hey, this is a child conceived by the Holy spirit. This, this uh, is, she didn't go and, and break her vows to you. She didn't go off as another man, but Correct. she yeah. has a child by the Holy spirit and he's the one that's going to save uh, the people from their sin, and you shall call his name Jesus, uh, which is the uh, Greek derivative of Joshua, which Joshua means Yahweh saves. And, mm-hmm. and so yeah. this was a time that Joseph himself was looking forward to as, as a man who, who seems to uh, be solid in scripture at this point and following God right. and, and showing the mercy of God even before he knew the full context. Uh, because he didn't want her to suffer and die. And he hears this and it says he woke up from that vision, from that dream, and he did as he was commanded. He obeyed God and and without hesitation did this. So that's an interesting thing to look at uh, in this time, in this culture, that a Jewish man who was not yet married to Mary and she was pregnant still took her as his household, uh, and, yeah. and obeyed the command of God in that. And hmm. so, yeah,
1: definitely not the norm.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Complete like this would have been like the talk of the town probably. Yeah. Too. Right. Right. Oh man. So, can you, can you feel for him, man?
1: I mean like <laughs> hearing this and him just saying, just trust me it it's god's son <laughs> you know? yeah well like uh if you say so joseph i mean you <laughs> right. had a little bit too much wine tonight but
0: <laughs> yeah or like what, what is and, and some people might have attested her uncleanness in their eyes and their legalistic eyes uh to him as well so this was you know something that could have worked on his reputation as well but he didn't yeah. he didn't give a care for his reputation uh when it came to the command of God. And and I really appreciate Joseph because he's he's kind of like one of the unsung heroes of Scripture. Yeah,
1: really. So, I was just right. about to say that because like right. all the slander that he clearly endured from that culture at that time is, is left out of Scripture entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that Matthew says he was a just man, as you were mm-hmm. quoting there from Matthew 1, I mean, that indicates to us that he probably handled that slander well, I'm sure. Um, so we can at least glean that, but yeah, he he definitely is an unsung hero. And the thing is in regards to this Christmas story in Luke two, as well as Matthew one is Joseph is a key part. He's Mm -hmm. indispensable here. Um, the big part that he plays is he was from the lineage of David, as we've been talking about. Yeah. And all the, Messianic prophecies, uh, well, not all of them, but a lot of them say that the Messiah must be the son of David, he'll rule on his throne, he must be born in Bethlehem, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's where Joseph comes into play, because by Joseph having Christ as his legal son, not his Mm -hmm. physical son, but his legal son, Christ inherits all of that royal lineage from Joseph. Right. And so... Thus, that fulfills, you know, a lot of prophecies in Scripture. And mm-hmm. the key thing about this is, at this point in the, in the infancy narrative, the Christmas story, Jesus has already fulfilled a bunch of prophecies um, mm-hmm. regarding, you know, his birth and conception. Like Genesis mm-hmm. 3 says that the, you know, Satan crushing child must be born of a woman. Well, there was a woman about to give birth. Uh, The Old Testament also prophesied that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. That's Isaiah 7. We've already seen that before. We already know that part of the story in Luke 1 where uh, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says that she's a virgin. She's going to conceive and give birth to a child. So it's kind of like, well, one of the last ones is whose son is he going to be? What kind of lineage is he going to inherit? And that's answered pretty clearly here by yeah. pregnant Mary going with Joseph to Bethlehem.
0: Yeah. Well, and what's interesting too, is we read the account of, of Jesus. Uh, in today's time, there are a lot of Jews in Israel. They they read the Old Testament. They've got the Old Testament and they adhere to the Old Testament, but yeah. a lot of them won't read the New Testament because they're told it's anti-Semitic. And and I've known uh, a lot of a lot of people that have traveled over to Israel and experienced this firsthand as they would go and see these places of Jesus. And even though, uh, you know, when you go to Jerusalem, it's a big tourist attraction to go to the places of Jesus. There are still right. a lot of Jews that don't even realize that that Jesus was a Jew himself. They there. Some of them are taught. That, you know, don't read the New Testament because it's really anti-Jewish. And, and you know, this Jesus guy, he, he preaches mm. against the Jews and things like that. Yeah. But then what's interesting is when they finally pick up the New Testament and they open up to Matthew that and start reading right there. And I, I love it because that, you know, that's kind of like why Matthew is right there, right at the beginning yeah, in the New right. Testament. Yeah, absolutely. Starts with the lineage of a Jewish boy being born into this world yeah. yeah, and it and that lineage is important not just because it shows that he's a Jewish boy but it shows that that is the lineage that has mm-hmm. gone through the whole Old Testament that they have read leading to the lineage of the Messiah and so yeah that's I always think that's interesting so if you ever encounter someone you know that that has read the Old Testament that refuses to read the New Testament, just remind them that the New Testament isn't against the Jews. It's for the Jews. Salvation yeah. is to mm-hmm. the Jews first and also the Gentiles. Uh, because Jesus came into this world as the Jewish Messiah, not to just save the Jews, but to save the whole world.
1: Yeah, and that's a powerful thing to point to, especially in talking to our friends who adhere to Judaism is I mean right out of the gate, like you said, Matthew chapter one, verse one, man, down Mm -hmm. to, I think verse 17, it's, it's a long lengthy genealogy, which is a pretty important thing in Jewish history as well as Judaism. And it's like, Hey, Christ was a Jew. Um, and more than that, his lineage can be traced back all the way to the, to the patriarchs. And even before that, um, of course, Luke, he has that genealogy too. And he says it starts with Adam. Um, so yeah, pretty powerful there. Yeah. So we've seen a lot from this Christmas story. We've got two more verses to look at here. We've seen that, hey, this is an ordinary thing, this, this census, and God used it in an extraordinary way. Namely, as verses four through five depict to bring pregnant Mary to the prophesied birthplace so that Christ could be born in Bethlehem, thus fulfilling prophecy, proving himself to be the Messiah. But we see the actual brief account of that birth in Mm -hmm. verses 6 through 7. Chris, you want to read that for us?
0: And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn.
1: Man, the way you read that, I just want to get a cup of hot chocolate and just go to sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Actually, you know what? The rest of this podcast, I'm going to just keep reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very good narration there. Um, So this is the brief conclusion of the actual birth account here uh, that Luke gives us. The remainder of this Christmas story has to do with you know, the angels appearing in in the heavens and the shepherds telling about uh, the news of Christ's birth. Um, But just for starters, man, um, this entrance of Christ into the world, it it seems awfully, I don't know, just anticlimactic, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is the wonderful counselor, you know, Mm -hmm. mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Uh, whose government shall have no end, according to Isaiah? And here right. he comes into the world as a child, as an infant, dependent upon the care of Joseph and Mary, and wrapped in swaddling cloths, and on top of that, laid in a manger. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think that's all about? What What's that communicating to us?
0: Well, we kind of we kind of talked about it uh, before uh, a little bit, but the mundane things of life babies right. are born every day and uh for the most part uh every baby that's born there are very few that are born that are just publicized uh over the whole world as this is going to be a great and wonderful baby i don't know that i've ever heard of any baby coming into this world that we already knew was going to do great things we see every once in a while a celebrities baby like oh that's going to be a wonderful baby but it's you know just just guess, <laughs> yeah, guess that's a good point yeah but in the middle of everything in the middle of this census where there's not even room they're just a couple other people amid pr- thousands of others right, right there right. in that area that there's no importance to them that when they go to an inn, there's no room there. There's no special treatment to the point where they have to go and stay in this stable or probably a lot of times like maybe a cave in the side of the, the hill where they right, keep right. things. You know, it might not necessarily have been a built structure, but but just go to the most humble of places. And that is where Jesus was born. That, that Jesus... The Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, uh, yeah. the, the Comforter. He wasn't born in a palace. Right. He wasn't proclaimed from the rooftops. Uh, there weren't trumpets playing to, to show the whole world that he had been born right there in that moment. There were a bunch of people crowded in, not even paying attention to what was going on. And in the most humble of places where the animals slept and ate, that's where yeah. Jesus was born. And that shows us what Jesus intended as well. Yeah. And right, right. him coming to this world, he didn't come to this world so that he could uh, come and pass judgment on us. In fact, you know, he said, I, I haven't come into this World to judge it, or I haven't come into this world to condemn it, but to save it. it, And he came into this world in the weakness of the flesh. Uh, He endured all of the things that we have endured in life, but to a greater degree. And where we have failed, he succeeded. And, And we can't sit back and say, Well, Jesus doesn't understand me. Well, I was born in a hospital. They found a room for me, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I've had, I had medical care. There were people coming in and out, making sure my mom was good. Uh, You know, they, you know, you know, there was that, that treatment there, but Jesus was born in a very humbling way. Uh, and, And it reminds me of Philippians 2 chapter five through eight. And I love this passage because this is the one that is worthy of all worship and praise and could have commanded us to fall at his feet, could have come into this world, a grown man if you wanted to yeah, and, right, and right. taken over any throne and sat down and, and passed judgment. But instead he came in the weakness of the flesh and, and Paul writes this in Philippians two, five through eight, have this mind among yourselves I've yeah. heard of a lot of different myths of these false gods that are so, you know, separated from their quote unquote creation. Yeah. You know. Right, right. But Jesus is the only one, the creator of the universe. All things were created through him and for and for him, and all things are are sustained by him. That's what Paul writes in Colossians. And he came into this world in the likeness of men to live a life amongst us, to walk amongst us, and to eventually die for us on the cross. And I can tell you that humbles me. Yeah, right. Because, you know, you you give me a little bit of power, (laughs) you know, and, and see how fast that goes to my head. But he had a plan. He was and is the Messiah. And he was born into this world at the appointed time. He was wrapped in a few claws and he was put in a manger a feeding trough that was his first bed first king says, and, <laughs> yeah and I can tell you of all of the men and palaces and castles and in the white house I am proud to say that Jesus is my king that he was born in a manger that he didn't call for for kingly gifts and and thrones of this world, but came to proclaim the kingdom of God, that all who should call on his name shall be saved.
1: Amen. That's powerful and, stuff, man. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm just, I could say a whole lot more, but I really don't know how to do it justice, you know?
1: Yeah, right, right. It's, you can't, I mean, um, if you think about it, it's like, man, we've been in wonder about this for 2,000 years, and Mm -hmm. we're still in wonder about it today, and, you know, you read uh, Philippians 2, and I thought of 2 Corinthians 8, 9, where Paul says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, yeah, so that you by his poverty might become rich. So, we might... Mm -hmm ask the question, why did he do this? Why was he demonstrating that he'd come into the world so humbly? What was he trying to show us? He was showing us what kind of savior he was going to be from his very first breath. His very first breath of oxygen outside the womb, he showed that he was becoming poor. yeah, Poor and humble so that we could be rich spiritually. uh, that's, That's just a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah. And the writer of Hebrews, I think gives a very good clarification on it, that, that he made himself a little lower than his creation. When he when talking about angels, like he was above angels and he made himself lower, not in the sense that the angels didn't worship him or bow down to his command, but you know, he was in the flesh. He, he, he came to this world in the flesh. And, And so, uh, It says to sum all that up, why did he do all of this? So that he could be a sympathetic high savior. He knew everything we went through and experienced it. And he is a savior that understands our weakness, but in the weakness of the flesh, he was still strong. And he was born into this world as a man, So that he could save mankind. So anyone who calls on his name shall be saved, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So thank you all so much for joining us at the Faith 168 podcast. And I just want to end this time uh, in a time of prayer and encourage you to truly seek out Jesus during this Christmas season. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. And the fact that you sent your son into this world to walk amongst us, to to share in our experiences and overcome in the many different areas where we have failed so that he could present himself as the savior of mankind by dying on the cross for our sins. Help us to remember that is the greatest gift of all. Help us to live daily, understanding that that wasn't something that we deserved, but he gave it to us anyway. So Father, we love you and we thank you for that. And we pray that you help us to live faithfully for you for the next 168 hours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.